We are episode 29 of the Dirty Laundry Game Worn Hockey Podcast. Uh, continue to get tons of watches and views, so thank you for all that. I get, um, it's, it's funny, after we post the shows within, usually they hit Friday morning, Thursday night, depending on, on my work schedule and some other things. And within an hour, I usually have a message or two from people that have watched it or listened to it sharing comments or hey i love that you covered this so thank you continue to send those out you don't have to just send them to me send them to paul send them to wade send them to whoever our guest for the week is and we have a new guest first time on the show i know it won't be the last tom frost frosty uh on the east coast how are things out that way oh fantastic thanks for having me looking forward to chatting we got five days left till the puck drops in the regular season so i know everybody's excited about all that stuff um let's start first with expos we uh have some more coming up and thanks to uh paul and his lovely website uh i need to remember to put that in the the video link and stuff this week so people can find it easy for reference but uh socal game worn expo in valencia california is this saturday uh from nine to four at embassy suites in valencia uh i know paul you said you may make it out to that one um october the 15th minnesota your upper midwest uh expo minnesota game worn expo in saint paul located at tom reed's hockey city pub now that's a we need more hockey bars like that but yeah october the 15th sunday not a saturday sunday october 15th um starting at 11 at tom reed's hockey city pub in saint paul And then October 21st and 22nd, you have two expos. Of course, Wade uh, here on the the podcast with us going on in Collinsville, Illinois, just outside of St. Louis for uh, both Saturday and Sunday. You've got autograph signers. You have 40 tables, I think, now you're up to, unless that number's changed again. Right around there, yeah. And I also have a really famous podcast coming. (laughs) If anybody asks me for an autograph down there, I'll probably fall over. Um, and, and I, I should auction off my game Jersey after I get back. Cause I, I told this story last time I'm playing, uh, in the pucks for autism. And if anybody would like to help sponsor me, I'm still fundraising a little bit of money. I think I'm at, I have 90 some dollars left. I need to raise between now and the 21st of, of October, but pucks for autism is a great organization. I, I played with them last year, but we're playing before the blues game on uh, Saturday afternoon, the Blues play the Penguins that night, so I'll get to be on the ice before Crosby and all that, and maybe I'll eat up his goals or something. So, uh, but but two days and and uh, gonna be a, a fantastic expo. I'm already getting all my stuff together. I know a lot of guys are coming. It'll be a ton of fun there. So a lot of us looking forward to that one. Also going on the same day, the Hershey Game Worn Expo, uh, nine to four at the Holiday Inn in Grant View, Grantville, excuse me, Pennsylvania. Um, then, uh, have we solidified November the 4th? Uh, Paul, do you know for the Detroit Game Worn Expo? I thought I saw something that was finalized, but I, I'll okay. have to double check to make sure and then I'll have to update that too. Yep, so. And that's what I just saw. I saw that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's going on in Shelby Township, Michigan on November the 4th. We'll touch in on the more November ones as we get a little farther into October. We've got some good ones there. And then, Tom, I, I had messaged you over this weekend uh, about coming on the podcast, and you sent me some amazing photos from what you were doing. Give us a little wrap-up on that. Sure. So uh, one of the local collectors up here in 
the Boston area puts on a small little show, uh, really more like a, uh, a group of friends in a garage bring, bring in their little hockey bags and they open them up and, and share a little bit of uh, what they brought. But it, it's a mix of uh, NHL, mix of college, uh, really good group of guys. And, and typically we try to arrange, you know, some type of a, a dinner beforehand, dinner the night before. If we can align it with a Bruins game, we do that as well. Nice and and awesome and and your background picture there is from that from the show with some of uh, that's your collection, um, part of it and that I mean that's amazing. Just those, yeah, thank like, you. As somebody who's a goalie, just seeing the goalie masks alone, that's amazing. Yeah, so yeah, that particular display, I tried to I had a I think eight or nine of of the uh, Bruins various All Star jerseys from over the years. So um, yeah, it came out good. I wish they'd go, we do all this retro stuff. I wish we'd go retro on the all-star jerseys and use some of these different years because those are gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, some of the old Crosby's are really nice. Again, more marketing for the NHL. So any NHL officials or marketing officials listening to this podcast, send us a percentage of that if you do that now, by the way, for, for selling those. Um, Wade caught a great thing today and, and uh, didn't know anything about it. Nashville is selling warm-up jerseys tonight, which, uh, how'd you stumble across that? So I, I actually get there, give smart. I get the text notifications, like just like the ones the blues do. Um, I get a number of teams ones. Cause I'm always just liking to see what they do. I like to see where prices go and that popped up and I was pretty intrigued, um, because they're, they're each player issued, I guess is the best way to put it because they're not obviously going to be worn in pregame, but they're player issued and they all look signed. So it looks like they're carrying on that same, you know, warm up tradition for their, you know, specialty nights um, without putting them on the ice, which I think is great because it should still garnish some attention and it also will, you know, produce some, some funds for their, for their different charities. This, this particular one is for uh, Hispanic Heritage Night proceeds or yeah. benefit organizations in the Latin community through the Preds Foundation and their guider program. Did, just looking around here, and, and the description says, Heritage Night, sorry, Hispanic Heritage Night jersey autographed, in this case, by Ryan O'Reilly is the one I'm looking at, size 56, and uh, has this one particular, just has a back image, but currently uh, 17 bids at 575. I'm looking at the, see what the clock is here. Um, I think they closed tonight. Do they? Okay. Yeah. I, for some reason, their their clock's not showing. Um, yeah. But scrolling around prices, Sissons is 800 right now. Uh, who else is up there? Yeah, I don't see a clock either. That's funny. Soros, they're also doing nameplates, um, auction those off. Those are all going um, at pretty decent prices. I mean, so so it doesn't appear people are staying away. Uh, Yossi's at 900 right now. Um, and, and again, the, the design of the, the Predator logo is really cool. The, the coloring of the lettering, the whole bit. Um, so, yeah, good to see that, they're, that they've already started doing this. So we kind of keep an eye on it. And maybe we'll talk on the next show, see what the finalized prices were for those. But at this point, those are those are sharp. Uh, yeah, specialty jerseys have always really been a you know, top seller, I think, for just about every team. And our, and our biggest concern <laughs> in the past with that, what, once we brought it up over the summertime, is, is was there going to be a drop-off because of, of nowhere? And I understand they don't wear them very long. They They – 
warmups and then go take them off. So it's a very short time period, but at least looking at, at this auction, I want to find some other teams once they do it and compare those prices don't seem like anybody cares. And maybe, maybe at the end of the day, these are, there's less diehard collectors and it's more for the, the charity and they don't care that they were worn or not. They want that, either want that designer just want to help out. Yeah, yeah as least, we've always seen. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Ron. I'm so, Sorry, Wade. I was just going to say, I've been following pretty closely for the Bruins over the past few years, and the prices have just continued to, to really shoot up. Uh, you know, yeah, they've been worn for you know, warm up, not worn during the game. So I think the, the concern for Weir is definitely not there at all for these specialty jerseys. And, and those do seem to, at least in, in the ones I've seen that do pop up for sale, at least in the Blues area, is not a lot of them are coming from diehard collectors. It's more of the fan of the game, and then they uh-huh. decide down the road to move it because they don't want it anymore, and then, and then search out somebody that they can help move it to. And so that may be it because you know they're being advertised heavy in the game and that. But it'll be interesting to see once we kind of take a snapshot of even like the first half of the season – if there's much price drop off. So interesting thing to watch. And if you're a Predators fan, let us know uh, if you picked up one of these. So the, the other big thing, and we've touched on it in a past show. Before, go ahead. Before going on, Jason, also the Sharks will have their Los Tiburons specialty jersey auction on October 14th through 16th. Ooh, nice. And those so are always beautiful too. Yeah, it should be a good design. I haven't seen them yet. We should see them on the October 14th game against Colorado, the first Saturday night game. And then it, it's also on GiveSmart, benefiting Hispanic Foundation of Silicon Valley. And ideally, I mean, if we're on the two-week schedule, we'll have those results too for the next show. Yeah, that's, yep, plan on sticking with that. So by that point, we'll uh, um, be able to compare compare some notes from different teams because I have a feeling some of the other West Coast teams may may be doing something similar. So I'll be surprised. Hey, we'll we'll research the hell out of this stuff. We have to. Um, so we we brought Frosty in as as one of the Boston experts here because uh, I I saw a post and I will apologize on who sent the email out. I meant to grab that and and missed it completely. But first name's Brian. I should have I should have found it and and missed it. But he shared an email he received from Ryan Ward, who's the authentics manager for the Boston Bruins, uh, reaching out asking what what the story is or what's going on with the with the the Boston Game Warren program. Because anybody that's not heard the show or not seen it notified other places is that Boston is now taking it in house for this year. So let me read the response that uh, that the Bruins sent out, and then we'll kind of break it down. And then Paul found another piece of this. Uh, says, thank you for getting in touch regarding the exciting new Bruins Authentics program. The Bruins organization is thrilled to introduce this initiative, aiming to strengthen the connection between team fans and collectors. The Authentics program will be available both at the TD Gardens Pro Shop and online through bostonproshop.com. Uh, we're launching with a remarkable collection of game-used and team-issued equipment from the 22-23 season and beyond. The official announcement of this launch will make uh, will be made through various channels, including email, social media, and a press release by the Bruins. In celebration of Bruins' centennial season, the jersey sets will be the cornerstone of this program. With three new jersey designs this year, we'll keep you informed about releases 
and availability through multiple communication channels as the program unfolds. We'll keep fans and collectors updated via email notifications on new products for those who sign up. Our authentication process is conducted in collaboration with OPSEC, a renowned industry leader in authentication known for partnering with organizations like MLB and IndyCar. As the season progresses, every authenticated piece of equipment or jersey will have detailed information about the player, games of use, goals scored, and more accessible through a uniquely identifier identifier on the hologram. Information is meticulously curated by the Boston Bruins equipment staff and myself and can be accessed through bostonproshop.com. Thanks again for your interest in the Authentics program. Should you have any questions, reach out. And again, Ryan Ward, Authentics Manager. Um, What caught my attention in that early on, and I know a few gentlemen caught it as well, we're launching a remarkable collection of game used and team issued equipment from 22-23. So I haven't gone to their site to see if any of that's out there, but they're, they're trying to get on this stuff quick. Yeah, upon the last look, I haven't seen anything yet, Jason. What's okay. really kind of funny about that is my grade was supposed to have all of the uh, the uh, twenty two twenty three stuff uh, themselves, and I know that they were uh, complaining that they didn't get everything that they thought they were going to be getting by the end of the season. So that ought, that ought to prove to be interesting. So what you know what Tom? Let's let's start with you since you're the expert in this area. What are what are your thoughts with their with their plans here? Well, I think that probably the biggest concern that people have, right, it's it's change, right? Fear of the unknown. And I think what you have are are people like myself. You know, the last twenty years, you've built up a relationship uh, with Migray, and you know how they work. You know how to get, you know, put in a pre-order. You know how to go look at their old equipment, um, and they know you, right? If something pops up, they're able to reach out. I think the biggest challenge we have, although that email was somewhat helpful, uh, if you go to the Bruins Pro Shop website, there's nothing really there yet. So you're you're on the premises of the season starting next Wednesday, their 100th season, and there's still a lot of unknowns. So I think that's what's caused a lot of angst within, within the hobbies, especially the, the Bruins collectors who've been you know, buying from Migrate for the past 20 plus years. And and I went to the Boston Bruins, the uh, the Facebook group, and a couple other people are saying, yeah, it's supposed to be released once the season starts. But you'd you'd think you'd have already kind of had that out there now, and and maybe they just want to be because hey, it's the big it's the start of the season. We want to really just blow out as many things and get everybody interested. But but with as many people clamoring, you'd really think. And and, and I apologize to uh, Brian Anderson was who who posted this gotcha. email. Yep. So I do want to credit him for that and, and say thank you for that information. Um, I mean, as I would hope teams, especially this, they've got it, seemed like they have it figured out that they would be putting it out sooner than later, but maybe it's just try to keep the excitement out there a little bit. I, I hope that's what it is, right? Um, you know, they didn't hire, uh, was it Ryan Ward? They he wasn't even hired for this role until very recently. So uh, it, it feels like a lot of this is just kind of on the fly definition. Uh, they're trying to figure things out as they go through. Uh, my understanding is Ryan has not really worked in the hobby before. Um, 
but, but, but you know, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? So, uh, you know, one of the the benefits of this model might be that you're going to start to expose the, the Bruins game, worn game used equipment to people who maybe never knew about Migray or never went to Migray, right? So that that's an idea. You know, it might start to expand the hobby there. Uh, I, I hope that's the case. I always wondered why Migray never set up a table at the Boston Garden and, and sold sweaters and, and sticks and stuff. I know the pro shop always used to have a stick here or there, but it was never anything significant in terms of volumes. If you were lucky, you got there early and, and there was a stick from you know a, a, a third-line player. Uh, but certainly uh, being able to go to the garden and, uh, you know, if, if Migray had set up a table with, with sweaters from the current team, you, you know they would have done probably a better job of selling some of those third and fourth line players that are probably hanging in their warehouse today. So, and, and gentlemen, jump in here too. If you, if you have thoughts and, and questions for, for Frosty or in, in general here, um, I, I guess one of seeing one of the things that they're putting it in both places has me, I would say excited because I'm not a, not a Boston buyer, but at least having the availability of getting it online in it, not just having to go to their pro shop, because I know some teams pretty much operate in-house only, or, or Dallas has a weird cross thing, but they wait forever to put their stuff online, and it's it's the people going to the arena get it first, and I'll be curious if that's how they do it here, but at least they have both avenues open. My concern was it was going to be just local to that. And maybe somebody said, Hey, you really need to make these available out. There's Boston fans everywhere. Just like every team has fans sure. outside of the market. Sure. I, I, I am actually planning to be at the garden tomorrow afternoon and in the pro shop. So I'll try to get some details. If I learn anything more than what we've shared tonight, I'll, I'll be sure to get them back to you. Appreciate that. Uh, Paul, your thoughts. You know, it's, Going to be interesting selling them, you know, at the game or in the pro shop there. Um, the Sharks do something similar that they release jerseys. You never know when or year. And they appear at a kiosk. And so people, you know, the the collectors here in the Bay Area, they'll queue early. And um, you just never know if you're waiting for that one jersey, which you really want, or there's going to be nothing there or a lot of stuff you don't care about. I assume the Bruins are going to hit the same type thing if they start releasing the jerseys throughout the season. Um, at, at least at the, you know, the pro shop at, at the site, you know, on the website, that will be a little bit different. And I'm hoping it's just not a race to get them. I mean, one of the great things about Migrate is you could pre-order jerseys. And I don't know anyone else uh, who does that. I mean, none of the other teams, um, I can't imagine fanatics doing that, uh -huh. um, but um, that's my one fanatics reference for the show. Um, well, I'll mention them in the middle on a side note with, with some research I was doing today, but uh, oh, no. no, go right ahead. Yeah. I, I guess the um, other thing I'm also interested about, uh, I'm not going to say it's a concern or anything, but their talk about authentication and how they're tracking where where and when the jerseys were were worn 
Um, I know the sharks try to do that with the, I'm assuming, I think it was like the eye in the sky thing and tracking it that way. So if you happen to get an LOA the past year from the sharks and not all of them have been sent out, it states the games that it was worn. And that's not always correct. Um, we, we've been able to match, you know, game from the past year, game issued sharks jerseys to games, um, jerseys which were worn certain dates to other dates. And it's, I, I, I don't know. It seems to be complicated to get that right, especially the Sharks had a few players that wear multiple jerseys a game. That's which I'm at breaks. I have no idea if the Bruins have players like that. Um, and that's something Tom probably has a much better knowledge of. But oh, I'm, yes. really, I'm sorry. I was just going to say back in the day, we knew Ray Bork and, and Byron Defoe each wore a new sweater every period. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it definitely happens. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, you know, it makes it more difficult to track exactly when it was worn, you know, besides photo matching, what we normally rely on. Uh, so I do have some, I, I'm curious how well they're going to do on the authentication uh, part of it. And, and just to be clear, the, I'm certain the jerseys that they say were worn were most likely 99% worn and all that. I'm just not confident that they're going to get the dates, the times, the milestones, and all that correct. Yeah, the, the details uh, could be screwed up because equipment equipment staff and then um, uh, Ryan Ward, they, they, in the, again, going back to this email, the information is meticulously crafted by Boston Bruins equipment staff and myself, and then we'll be able to be accessed through Boston Pro Shop. And um, I'm highly skeptical of that comment because right. I don't know if the equipment staff cares. It's not their job to care about that. Their job is to equip their players, get them out on the ice, and make sure nothing goes wrong with the equipment, the gear. I mean, they have a lot going on. Um, Ryan's job then, I guess, would be to track this. And hopefully um, he has a good method set up for it. I mean, and and, it, and I'll get to you, Wade, here in just a second, but that brings up a question of, okay, if it, as we know, equipment staff, yeah, like you said, have 4,000 other things to manage during a game. Is he then in the locker room every home game working with this? Or is he have a, a intern or something doing it? And then what's happening on the road? Because again, the equipment guys have tons of other crap to manage. This is gonna be way down on their list of things. And I and I I believe they'll do their best, but he might be, and I don't know, again, I'm not questioning his background. I don't know anything about him, but if he is not in a or, or has much of a hockey background, does he understand what's going on in that locker room and the difficulties of doing this? Or maybe there is a designated equipment person that says, hey, part of your job is now to do this. And if that is someone's job, how much does it jack up the prices? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's another task that needs to be done. So it's... You, know, you mentioned pricing, Paul, and I think one of the things that, in the back of our minds this has been a little bit of a concern, right? So we've, we've all seen the pricing in the hobby just kind of get a little bit crazy over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, Bruins 100th season, they're taking everything in house. Is it because they really want to maximize the dollar? And are we going to be seeing jerseys that maybe went for 500, 600, you know, the third line type guys that used to get up migrate for, you know, that, that five, $600 range. Are we going to start seeing those start to, you know, eclipse the $1,000 mark? And then when we're looking at the the Brad Marchands and the Postonarchs and the the Elmarks, you know, are those going to start creeping up into the 
to four and five thousand. Because last year, you know, the Bruins had um, two very great goaltenders, but their regular season jerseys were selling even at my grade, you know, twenty five hundred ish. And you know, Patrice Bergeron, captain, future Hall of Famer for sure. His jerseys are in the four to five thousand. Um, what are we going to be seeing this year? You know, how's the pricing going to look where it's the 100th season? Interesting. And how many sets, too? Yeah. So I, I have two comments on it. My first one being, so there's a there's a mention in there about Major League Baseball authentication. And I don't know how much of a collector any of you guys are of MLB stuff, but, you know, they do every baseball. They'll do rosin bags. They do everything that comes off the field through that that process um but that they also have a dedicated staff to do that and when that stuff rolls off off the field it gets rolled to the person who and a lot of those guys are like retired police officers and different things like that and they have a dedicated staff that stickers it and puts it into the system so that those, those things are available now where that gets tricky and this is the reason i bring that up is a hockey jersey is a whole different ball game because that's not coming out of play after every game. So the one thing I did notice in the last year with the blues is the blues have that, have that barcode tag in there. And when you get the LOA from them, you get the LOA and then you also get a list of games used. And it actually, there's one spot on that. That's interesting. It actually says full at the end of it. So my guess on those is what they're doing is they're scanning that Jersey at the start of the game. And then they're scanning that Jersey at the end of the game to make a, uh, uh, a, an opinion that that was used in the whole game. That's still not totally accurate because let's say a guy in the second period gets in a fight. He's got to go to his backup jersey for, you know, the, at the end of the first period into the second period. And then they fix his regular jersey and he swaps out in between periods. There, there, there's a lot of technicalities there. Um, how that got, how they're going to track between the equipment guys who, like you guys said, don't care. And that's not really their job to care about tracking that stuff versus collectors who want to have as much detailed information about when something was used. Um, it's going to, it's, it's a really interesting question to see how, how they're going to be able to track something between games and multi-use items. You know, I, I'm glad you mentioned that Wade because it brings, you know, prior to the Bruins bringing Migri in, in the early two thousands, right. Um, you were following a period of time when, a Bruins game one jersey was suspect by default, right? <laughs> you you had uh, gone through the whole custom crafted nightmare, where you know the Bruins official jersey manufacturer was making fake jerseys and selling them identical to what they were given to the team with fake wear. That's pretty well documented. But then you ended up running into a, a period of time in the late '90s where you had the Bruins equipment manager who was trying to make a buck you know, having different players wear different jerseys every other game. And that's why you'll see for some of the star players in the late 90s, so many of their jerseys available because, you know, it was his way to make some extra cash. You know, he has a new jersey tonight. Just, you know, put the other one in the bag and I'll take it home and sell it. So my grade kind of gave us a, some stability. Uh, so that's something that I, I really hope that, that we don't lose with this new process. I think that's one of the biggest things that, the authentication programs bring is stability. I don't think there's a perfect, I don't think there's a perfect answer to it, you know, unless it's items like what MLB does. I think that the only thing that's 
almost and they're, they're, I've seen mistakes there. But the only thing that's perfect about that is like a lot of times if a guy breaks a bat, that bat comes off the off the game. It gets double stickered on each part of the broken piece of the bat, and it gets said when it was used. Same thing with balls. Balls get you know chucked back in, and they do their best to track them to who pitched it to who, what inning, whatever. Um, I don't think hockey is that possible because again, it falls back to the, do the equipment guys care and how much space is there in the bench or in the areas to actually track that stuff to that type of precision. Um, you know, again, and photo matching has now been proven to be as close to figuring something out, but can also be manipulated as well. We've discovered that recently. So, I mean, I don't know if there's a perfect system out there for what we collect. And, and Paul, you touched on it too with the Sharks. And, and I think there's been a couple other teams where we've seen that where the <laughs> – the the dates worn you start looking at stuff and it's either at the beginning it was started earlier or went longer than what you were told and and it's great to find that on a photo match but then your your loa or whatever other documentation is off and you've got to make sure going forward is hey we photo matched these beyond these games so now it's up to the collector to document all the additional findings Absolutely. so I mean, it's 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 the the staff and the the amount of work they want to put in, and and I'm really hoping that that the boss that the Bruins have done a lot of research and looked, and maybe they've consulted with some people in the hobby. We don't we don't know. We're we're taking a lot of guesses here. I'm I'm hoping them and other teams reach out to contacts and say, hey, we're trying to do this. What do you guys see? What do you think? What do you expect? And, and it'll be a good product. It is nice to see that the primary, or at least appears to be, the primary sales are fixed prices and not auctions. And, I, and yeah, we'll, we'll find out. We know the Bruins right. Foundation is auctioning off uh, jerseys regularly, which is what you know most of the specialty jerseys went through the Bruins Foundation. So I, I'd be shocked if they don't allow that avenue still. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. We'll get that information back out to everybody. And maybe it'll only be specialties that they get for auctions and, and some things, and then everything else is a is a straight pricing. Because what is it? Uh, Ottawa, I think they list most of their stuff online, um, at least they used to. Um, several teams. Some auctions, too. Okay. Uh, Ottawa, the, the higher-end players are auctioned now. Okay. Well, and that, yeah, I guess where you can, you can generate more revenue. So our – I guess outside of Migrate, are there many teams that do a straight, here's the price, here's what we buy, you buy it for, or pretty much most teams doing one of the auction platforms? Because I'm, again. I guess the Kings do straight pricing because they have their website. And then I guess Dallas does because they do it out of their team store. So that's straight pricing. Florida now is doing stuff out of their team store. So that's got to be primarily straight pricing. The Panthers. Um, yeah, and, and you know, Tampa's back and forth. Tampa's on a website with their pricing. So I, mean, I guess it does exist out there. So, I mean, I want to I want to see teams do well. And, and yeah. it, it's – The only problem with straight – yeah, straight pricing, the only problem with that is for in a collector sense, unless you're an extremely wealthy collector, the thing I've discovered over the years, and if you go into any 
any NHL team's team store, their straight pricing and the, the, some of the materials they put out are geared towards a price point higher than what most regular people are wanting to spend on stuff. You know, when you walk in to the Blues equip, you know, team store, and I'm sure it's the same way in San Jose and in Boston, and they've got um, Travis Matthews pullovers, you know, with the Blues logo on them, and they're $240 for like a pullover shirt you know, suddenly that becomes unattainable for a family of four, you know, unless they're well off at some level, you know, to, to clothe yourself with that. So if they start doing straight pricing and they start going, oh man, we can put those pasta jerseys out for five or six grand because we know there's a certain segment of not collector, but fan that will jump on that. They don't care about secondary market. They only care about first day sale. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, lost my train of thought on on some of that pricing Sorry. stuff. No, no, you're good. I've been able to put thoughts together all day, so it's nothing new. Yeah. Um, I I guess and and I guess Vegas is one of the ones. I that's where I was going to go. Is Vegas is one of the ones when they went because my gray had it the first year and the second, and then yeah, Vegas took it the that. third. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And when they lo- dropped their pricing, people went apeshit in most cases because they was, the pricing wild. was insane. I, I somebody went to a game, and I maybe you know I'm I'm kind of throwing from the hip here, but I remember some friends went to a game, and I think they saw like a Ryan Reeves jersey was like I want to say it was seven grand or something at their kiosk. I mean something you know just crazy, you know. And I know everybody in Vegas has money, but 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 it you notice the next year they really seem to drop a good portion of those prices down, realizing that they were sitting on a ton of it, of inventory. Yeah. So yeah. Frosty, I think I think you're right. Is finding they've got to find a a reasonable place to land with those things, and and maybe they look at at what Migray was kind of setting prices and go off of that, or or some other way to kind of determine okay what's and maybe they even research maybe they're going around researching game worn posts i mean if i was a a, a person in this business doesn't be one of the places i research is what's the market currently bearing for these things yeah I, I i hope you're right jason i do hope that they've done some homework so that at least when the price comes out it's not that crazy crazy high number in, the, uh, in boston's case you'd have to assume that they'd have access to there's probably has to be some kind of sales sheet that they would have been receiving over the years from Migray showing a breakdown of, or, or at least they, I'm sure they could have asked for it, you know, for disclosure on, you know, Hey, what, you know, what are these going for? I mean, so you hope they would stay in line with something close to that pricing. Yeah. I, I don't know what information Migray sent back to the Bruins or if they even cared once they got, you know, my, my, I suspect they just sold, sold the bulk contract to Migray and, and let Migray have at it. And that yeah. might be why, you know, they're taking everything in back in house. Cause maybe they're thinking, Oh, we're, we're leaving too much meat on the bone. And, and in reality, I, I think they're going to find out that it's not, it's not all going to be gravy. There's a lot of work behind that. And Migray had a whole system to support their, their sales that I, I'm not sure that a, a team just bringing everything in house quickly is going to be able to replicate. And, and my yeah. plan is about a month or so into the season, once the Bruins have dropped all the information launches, I'll actually reach out um, to, to the head of this and, and see if he'll be willing to do an interview 
I, I, I'm hoping to do more of that this Great. year, just bring more NHL teams that do their own in-house stuff and talk about it because, and, and, and whatever they, they're able to share. But I, I want to, I don't say lift up, but I want to, to cover these programs and get it right from the horse's mouth and say, hey, we looked at these things or whatever they're going to share. But I, I want the hobby to learn as much about this, the, the back-end side as we can. And I mean, bringing bringing you on, bringing other guys on that that have ties to teams helps. But if I can get some of the actual team representatives to come on, and and they may say no and say this podcast is dumb, we don't care. But um, at the end of the day, I, we want to we want to get everybody as educated and, and in the know as we can. So. Um, and Paul, earlier you mentioned fanatics. Uh, a funny side story with that today is I'm I'm working with a uh, collector to to move a jersey. He's not on social media, but I I found him through Reddit, and he sent me the pictures of the jersey he wanted to sell. It's a, a, a Blues Winter Classic jersey, and it's got the the set stamp in it, and then it has the fanatic sticker. So I wanted to confirm the description in that. So I put the fanatic sticker in there first. It's not the right player. <laughs> It was when I ran when I ran the 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 sticker the little flag sticker. It's the wrong player. I ran the. <laughs> they then have the set stamp that has the the number on it as well. Ran it and it is the the set stamp is on the jersey correctly and matches up. But the actual little flag sticker that's on the fight strap is for the wrong player. Surprise. And even the the owner of the jersey was not aware of that until I sent him a screenshot of it. He never looked that up. That is a fanatics error, not someone ripping off a name and changing the jersey. No, and it and it's it's a game issue jersey, and I believe the other one I searched for too, um, that that came up when I searched the flag sticker was also issued. So it it doesn't surprise me that it got screwed up. I'm glad the set stamp number does work and is valid and identifies it correctly. But again, if, if you got a chance, check your fanatic stickers. If you've got things like that, just to see if it matches, not that they'll probably do anything about it, but um, I just did make him aware of that. It won't affect anything because um, the, the, the hem uh, set stamp is correct, but I just, I found that hilarious. I'm like, of course it was screwed up. So, so on the blues version, the fanatics Jersey there, um, I know they have the code that you enter in, the serial number or whatever they call it. Uh-huh. Did it also require a three-digit authentication code? No. Uh, no. When I Good. when I ran it today, it didn't prompt for one, and I think with mine as well behind me when I ran it just to see how it described it, it did not. I mean, the one draw. Well, there's a number of drawbacks about that three-digit code. One of them is you can't check other jerseys unless someone provides that code for you. That's the one you have to look at the hologram. MLB's doing that for some of the current stuff. And um, the company, the Bruins are working with, Clint, you know, are doing that. You have to look at it at different angles to get three different letters to type in after you type in the serial number. Yeah, the Blues yeah. ones are pre pre that new sticker from Fanatics. I know what you're talking about. I'm familiar okay, with it. Good, yes. So I guess what... What purpose does that serve? I guess just keeping you from searching other, running other numbers to see what things. Oh, so, yeah. Part of it too is I, 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 on part of that is they say that because of the way that you have to turn it, it makes it and needing the two codes, it makes it like 
more difficult for the hologram to be to be like compromised yeah because that's the a big problem in the autograph world one of the things is like a lot of those company stickers were starting to get compromised like people were just like you know doing what what basically what paul's saying would finding runs of stickers reproducing them and then reproducing lines of bad stuff and so their 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 thought process was if they made the sticker more difficult and having more like you know ties to it that people couldn't as easily manufacture fake fake stickers and put them on bad autographs okay i mean legit or i, I get yeah. that yeah so that was that's the reason and i mean just because i'm in the autograph world as well i'm familiar with it a little bit more so hope that helps it does very much so um so before we gotta just go round table with anything else, Frosty, any final thoughts on the Bruins taking it in house? Have you talked to other Bruins collectors? Are they excited, nervous, scared? How, how are you guys feeling? <laughs> I think that the general the general pulse of the Bruins collector is that of concern. Um, and I, like I said earlier, I think it's more the the fear of the unknown. And until this starts gaining more definition and more people become more comfortable with how things are. Uh, I, I think that concern is going to continue. Makes sense. We, we as collectors always fear the unknown. I mean, we're waiting for, I mean, I know the season starts in five days, but we're also waiting to see what happens next season with the Jersey change and all those kind of stuff. So we'll, you, you know, we'll talk about this pretty much often on all season. We'll talk about the, uh, the end of Adidas and coming into fanatics and many other things as we drop the puck on this season, we'll, we'll uh, puck drops in five days. We'll be back in, in uh, two weeks. I know have a, have a lot more stuff to, to cover and maybe see who else has had specialty jerseys. I know Paul, like I say, you mentioned uh, the sharks already. I know there's going to be other teams out there. So we'll try and keep an eye on who does what early and, and compare prices. Uh, Wade, I'll start with you. Any any final thoughts, other topics or things you want to touch on? No, I mean, I, I think we're getting ready to head into a fun season of a lot of, you know, fresh stuff. I, I like I like to think that it's going to be fun to watch the Connor Bedard jersey thing this year. I think if, if that's my one final thought, I'm, I'm very interested to see because the Blackhawks are kind of an anomaly in how they sell their jerseys. And when you're talking about a guy like that, it's, and, and with the way the hobby is kind of going these days, it's going to be interesting to see how many jerseys that kid wears and where the pricing is. I, I'm very interested in that. You know, you know what? And and let me say something uh, before you throw anything else in there. That that makes me uh, pop the question in my head. Does that now re-jumpstart the Blackhawks game-worn jersey program? Because they know they have a star and everybody wants that. Does that get them fired up to get a good, solid consistent program going or will they just move a bunch of bedards i think they had they had i mean i mean think about the last 15 years i mean they've had kane and taze and a lot of other superstar type players come through there and they didn't seem to care so i guess the question is like i i don't have an answer for that but i mean i think that for the longevity of the value of those things they're gonna have to figure something out otherwise that's gonna be a really rocky road with people trying to figure out what is what on that stuff. 
So we'll keep an eye on what, what Chicago does, and, and I may reach out to a couple of the guys in the know up there, see if, if they've heard anything, if they know anything, and report back on that. Frosty, any other stuff you want to touch on, final thoughts? No, looking forward to the start of a new season. You know, hope hope is uh, what I think? Hope is eternal, right? So we can only hope that the Bruins go a little further in the playoffs this year. Uh, but uh, I'll uh, definitely – I'll definitely share back with uh, the group what I might learn uh, tomorrow when I uh, get a chance to talk, chat with people in the Bruins Pro Shop. Awesome. Thank you. What about you, Paul? A few things to add about the Bruins. Um, throughout last spring, I guess it would have been, uh, winter, spring, I, I know they, the Bruins organization, were they were reaching out to other teams that were selling jerseys by themselves, not just migrate. So they got a lot of information from those teams. Uh, how much they utilize, we'll find out. An interesting note, their website is from the same provider as the Sharks, bigcommerce.com. Hmm. Um, what website works well for the Sharks? Um, stuff sells, when they put up jerseys at fixed price, they sell quickly. What doesn't work well are the auctions on big commerce. There's no ex- extended bidding. If it's not set up right, you could bid fractional cents and not see who's leading or who's not notifications are slow um and, and there's no set sense of a reserve so if there's a jersey you want and you're not going to be there where the auction closes if it's currently at 200 you put in a 700 bid the bid then goes up to 700 it Aww. doesn't go to 205 or 210 like most Aww. rational auction software does uh so i'm hoping the bruins don't utilize that i so I, I just avoid bidding on most of the Sharks auctions, partly because of that. It just um, bugs me. Another wow. thing I wanted to bring up, totally different, and I, I meant to talk about this. We were at the Sharks-Kings preseason game, and I never noticed this before. The Kings have American Express as a sponsor, and on the helmets, they had the American Express logo. But every letter was raised about a quarter inch, a third of an inch. That's right. You sent. I I apologize. You sent me that picture, um, and I I had it in my notes and completely blew it. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool looking. Um, I we were down there for warm ups. I mean, it was there was almost no one at the Sharks preseason game, <laughs> and uh, they're just really really cool. Those helmets. They didn't have a sponsor patch on their away jersey, um, the Kings, but they did just on the helmet. And right now the Sharks still don't have a sponsor patch on their jerseys. And that's about it for me. I'm looking forward for the Red Wings competing for a playoff spot and the Sharks competing for the first draft pick. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, And it's funny. You mentioned, you do, you mentioned that too, with um, uh, the, the Kings. I own a helmet. I got probably two or three years ago. What is a random one? I pick up some different helmets to wear, you know, Paul knows that and Wade knows that. And and it's got the the King's logo or the King's wording written out. And and I'd never had a King's helmet before. But yeah, when I took it out of the box, it has the raised lettering. It's like a, a plasticky rubber material. And I really thought that was cool because every other one you see are just, sti- I mean, this is a sticker wow. too, but not a raised letter like that and a heavy duty one. That's pretty cool. I just thought that was a sharp... Um, way to do that and you don't i think that's probably the only team i don't know that any others that i've seen that do it that way i've never seen it before i'd love to see photos of your jersey i mean a helmet on that, that. yeah i'll shoot you some yeah. some pictures here soon um 
but I, um, I wonder what set them off to do that for one. And, um, it's just, it's such a different, that's a different thing. Who made that choice and when, um, but up up close, it looks really cool as I don't know if it shows better from further away, you know, just a little more, more definition. I don't know. I, 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 I don't have good logic on why they did it. Other than that, it's pretty cool looking. I'm just glad they stuck with it with the new stuff because it it uh, it is a nice touch for anybody that's picked up a uh, a king's helmet. Well, gentlemen, another uh, show in the books will be in the uh, next show will be show number thirty. So, Frosty, thank you for joining me from the East Coast. Uh, always like bringing new blood in to get different thoughts on on. Uh, the areas you're knowledgeable on and other stuff as well. Uh, my pleasure, guys. Thanks. I know we'll have you back on and it's going to be a, uh, a lovely season. So everybody enjoy the, the dropping of the puck in five days. Uh, we'll have this up soon. Like I said, send like it, comment, do all that stuff. Get us, get us rated up there. I'm trying to get more people's attention to try and bring some big name guests on down the road. I'm hoping to hoping to see if we can pull it off this season. But until next time, Dirty Laundry Game Worn Hockey Podcast. Thanks all for listening. We'll see you soon.